Alrighty, Mallow Fools, this is Mark, aka Thorn678. Played another game today. Played Zoraida 2 versus Misaki 2. It was Break the Line in Flank Deployment. Deathbeds. Spread them out. Let them bleed. Bait and Switch. Catch and Release. I took Let Them Bleed and uh, Deathbeds with Strategy Marker as the other marker. My list consisted of Bo Peep, uh, Bad Juju, the First Mate, a Silurid, a Will-O-Wisp, and Groot Slang. Dane took uh, Minako Ray, Ototo, Jin, two Woko Raiders, Yamaziko. Um, he had Deathbeds and spread them out. I think I forgot to spread them out in the intro. Spread them out in the pool. This is my first time playing Zoraida 2. I've now played four games uh, with, with Zoraida, which makes her very much tied with lots of different mod, uh, masters for second number most games played with the master. That was a very confusing way of saying that. Um, I really like Zoraida 2. Zoraida 1 I just struggle with. I'm too dumb. I just I can't figure it out. Just, I, I'm not good with her. Zoraida 2 is very much my style. I really, I really jive with her. Um, Groot Slaying Alpha, Monaco Ray, and also um, was in a position to tie down uh, Misaki and Shang. Uh, spoiler alert, that didn't happen. We only played two games. It was still like a two and a half hour game, but we only played two rounds. Um, so we played on a, uh, you know, another cool board as usual. It's like a desert terrain with uh, like a, a dust farm, we are calling it. It's like a big corral on one corner uh, that we just called concealing because we were just saying like it's like full of cactus and stuff. So I don't know if it's like a downtrodden like farm or what out in the desert. But I picked that because of the concealment. Uh, we had lots of like the Gale Force 9 desert bluffs around the board. Um, it, was a, it was a really cool board. There was a little area of dense that we said was like a little dust devil. Uh, and we had some of the Gale Force 9, like sandstone colored, uh, fort, like ruined fortress stuff. So uh, I made some bad errors in deployment. I just didn't deploy very well. Which is usually, which really is one of my main weaknesses, is deployment. I was a little too KG, a little too far back. Um, I sent Groot Slaying to a layer up on the right side, um, where two of the break line markers were. We had one like in the very corner on both sides, and then one six inches away from that, basically. <clears throat> I sent Bo Peep up the left side with a Silurid. Uh, Zoraida kind of dirtled around in her backfield a bit uh, and with the Will-O-Wisp as kind of a bodyguard. Uh, so Groot Slang was killed before his time. So he died top of turn two before he managed to activate. He didn't really do much. He damaged Monaco Ray, but not, not severely. Um, the theme for the game, crap hand. I cycled cards like crazy with Zoraida, and I, I, I actually, on a few occasions, cycled moderate cards for weak cards. 
which I hear what you're saying while well, you're getting them out of your deck. Well, I literally drew three ones drawing cards with Zoraida three times in a row. And, I, and then the second card that I drew with it was like a, a three, like twice. So my hand was garbage. I flipped like garbage. Um, I black jokered my, my first leap of the game, which I know that, it, you know, I usually black joker the first key movement thing that I do every game, which is usually ride with me. Um, so keeping that tradition alive. Um, so the first mate was kind of to follow up and provide support with, uh, with, um, Groot saying, it's funny, a guy cuts me off, no signal. And then when he doesn't need a signal, he signals. It's funny because the second time recording this episode and the first time I recorded this episode, that also happened. The exact same thing. A guy cut me off with no signal and then used a turn signal when he really didn't need it. Wow. North Minnesota, North Dakota drivers. Anyway. Bo Peep is amazing. I absolutely love her. Uh, I feel like Groot Slang and Juju are just not getting used to their potential. Uh, that's my fault, not the model's fault. Um, Witch's Brew is ridiculous. So giving Bad Juju defense four is... It feels a little bit better than defense three. Setting the Groot Slang up with a bunch of stat seven stuff. That was pretty nice. Um... Let them bleed was just a really obvious choice because of all the all the things in his crew that were tied for um, highest cost or second highest cost because Toto at ten was the most numerous and it's obvious that he's going to be in somebody's space so I'll be able to get beat down on him a bit. But the two Woko Raiders and Monaco Ray are all cost eight, so I was aiming for Monaco Ray to be one of the uh, let them bleed targets right off the bat and not just try not to worry about the second point. Uh, and just see how the attrition war goes. A spoiler alert, I should have gone for the Woko Raiders to begin with. Um, I, I was afraid of not being able to cheat against, cheat against them, but, I mean, you know, I just took focused shots to try to give myself the best um, best chances of being able to hit them, uh, which worked. That strategy worked beautifully. Um, so, <sighs> turn one, I just... Um, I sealed fate on Misaki, which, eh, I mean, I didn't really have a great seal fate target because it didn't really seem to matter. And I even asked Dane after, I'm like, did it matter that I sealed her fate first? He's like, nah. I'm like, would it have mattered if I had done that to anybody? And he's like, nah, not really. I see it more useful to stop alphas like Lynch to make make Huggy activate right away. Right out the gate, I made the, the uh, Will-O-Wisp put down two. Well, he put down a scheme marker, he ambushed, and then he schemed again to give me markers to eat up. I drew cards with her. Um, I, uh, I summoned a mannequin. Uh, big lesson there, mannequins can only heal living, and things that I really needed to heal aren't living, so I, I should have summoned the hodgepodge effigy. Uh, it, 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 and the reason why, so, you know, you summon a mannequin because of the take the hit, so it can just, you know, take the hit bot. Um, which didn't come up. Take the hit came up, but just not with the mannequin. I sent the mannequin after the uh, Groot Slang to heal it. Then I realized, oh wait, the Groot Slang isn't living. Problem. Stupid, Mark. Stupid, stupid, stupid. I uh, did manage to heal the uh, first mate, though. So at Somewhere along the line. First mate hucked the strategy marker up. That was the only strategy point that was scored all game. But, like I said, we only we quit after turn two. Uh, if we had played all the way through, it probably would have been 7-2, maybe 7-3. Um, 
Dane wouldn't have been able to score the strategy all... No, he would have been able to score it four times. Yeah, he would have been able to score it four times. Wait, no. No, he wouldn't have. He wouldn't have been able to get eight. So he probably would have gotten seven. He would have gotten spread him out, no problem, because I lost the attrition war. I was dead. He killed the Groot Sling right away, turn two. Um, he killed Bo Peep after I scored Let Them Bleed. Or not Bo Peep, I'm sorry, the Silurid. Uh, so I had to majorly pivot and go after a Woko Raider for Let Them Bleed instead of Monaco Ray. So I sent Bo Peep up there. She totally just did amazing, outperformed my expectations. Um, if Dane had had failed his uh, the movement test on ramp was a rampage on Bo Peep, the Crow Trigger, I wouldn't have had to send the Silurid after it. I would have just had him huck a scheme marker instead. But uh, he passed that duel, so um, the Silurid went in to get a hit in and then died. Um, so I, I was able to get Let Them Bleed and one strategy. He had one point, at, so technically since we we like stopped the game, he was like, well, you know you win, right? I'm like, no, no, dude. No, no, no. no, no, no. We're ending it here because it's obvious what the ending is going to be. So you win. There's absolutely no doubt about it. Uh, plus, we've been playing for like two and a half hours, two, two and a half hours. So um, I was like, oh, there's no real point in, in continuing. Um, the Will-O-Wisp uh, managed to lock down Ototo, but it was a little too late. I had to use, since my hand was such crap, I had to stone off a bunch of huge damage spikes um, from both Jin and Ototo. Because Zoraida kept flipping like twos, threes. Uh, the, my, my last one came out on one of her duels. And then I didn't have anything good in my hand to, to cheat. So Zoraida kept getting spiked for severe. And I had to use four of my five stones to keep her alive. One stone got used on uh, the first mate for the leap and attack trigger. Um, I might have her, I think I had a stone, you know, I think I had a stone damage off of bad juju as well. Yes, I did. I did stone off with bad juju as well. So my stones were gone, like top of turn two. It was insane. Was, um, you know, I, I did survive the alpha despite not having the resources to really to really try to withstand it. Um, the Sil or the Will-O-Wisp, uh, I think it's uh, paralyzed from 2E where it's basically it's stunned, slow, and distracted. He had distracted two on him. He was stunned and slowed. Um, so there was, he just wasn't going to be doing much of anything against me. Uh, but it was, it, you know, he did his job. That old dude pig, like he, he definitely got his stones worth out of him. Um, overall, I, I, I definitely think that the Groot Slaying was a mishire here. Um, not a bad model. He probably should have done fine. I didn't have the resources to keep him alive. He has very little defensive tech, so I just really couldn't do much to... To keep him up, given that I had no cards in my hand really to cheat, I had like two severes in my hand between two turns. Um, I had a heart of the cards, a lot of my stuff since I didn't have stones or cards to, to cheat. So, turn two, I didn't summon anything, I didn't steal any fate uh, because I, it, I I didn't have the suits, and I had to cheat the the couple moderates that I had for it to even go off at all. Um, and I used a lot of shadow markers for that, so that was that was pretty nice. Um, the board didn't really feel like a lucky emissary board. Um, in retrospect, it might have been an, it might have been okay. It wouldn't have changed the out, the outcome of the game, I don't think. 
except for maybe being able to cheat off the top of my deck. Eh, I don't know. But it would have been gone. It wouldn't have come up much. It would have been out of there. So that aura wouldn't probably do much. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, McTavish. I was thinking about taking McTavish, but he ended up not taking uh, Lynch. But in retrospect, that probably would have been that probably would have been fine. Um, Kurgan, I think, would would have been the optimal choice here. I um, again, I, I don't think that it would have changed the outcome of the game at all. But I just think, given the board, the matchup, it would have been more utilitarian having the Kurgan um, with with me to just do a bunch of movement shenanigans, face tank things. He could have been getting Zoraida up the board to where she could support more and have a better chance of surviving. Like I had said before, the mannequin was a miss misplay, really. Um, I should have summoned a, a, um, a hodgepodge effigy because I knew that there was going to be problems for Groot's Lane because I flung him into a master, um, a uh, minion that can summon summon crap. Um, Katashiro are really good. They're like little place and then attack. Ugh, it's just gross. So a little, a little, you know, free summon did a bunch of, it did a bunch of work for him, um, when it came to violence. Um, oh, let's see any other interesting commentary. I mean, not a whole lot. Like I, I know the Swamp Fiend keyword. I've played it four times now. Um, for, I know for like people that play Vassal like several times a week, that's nothing. But for us that pretty much only play in person, I've played, I think, four Vassal games in, like, two or three years, however long it's been now. Two years? Um, two and a half. That's a, that's a good portion of my games. Um, I definitely will play her more. I played her in Bayou, by the way, obviously, since I took Bo Peep. I just, I've been really wanting to play Bayou. I, I don't feel like I missed anything taking Bayou with Bo Peep instead of the Rider. Bo Peep just does so much work. Her healing aura is so good, and just being able to move everything around. I've got movement shenanigans. I've got healing in keyword. I can summon a healer. I've got schemers. i got beaters. i got everything. Swamp Fiend is is a have-everything keyword. I just love everything about the aesthetic, the, the play style. It's great. I know that um, I'm, um, I'm paying for not having the reps in, though. Uh, but, I mean, it was only his second time playing Misaki. It was my first time playing um, Zoraida 2. And I haven't played Z Z1 since before there were even, ti even titles to begin with. So, so it's all good. Um, so, I'm, uh, Dane is going to give some input here to us. Uh, I don't really have anything else out of this uh, to say. It was a, a good game. Uh, I, have my I had a couple errors. I remembered, I remembered um, most of my things. Penetrating stench being something to remember. Um, the front of card abilities. I, I pretty much remembered everything. Butterfly, butterfly jump on the first mate and showboating. Um, a little I we were picturing him doing like the degeneration X suck it because <laughs> we we're this reminds me of like '90s high school douchebaggery. Um, yeah, Bo, Bo Peep. I, I can see why the internet loves her so much. She's so good. Um, it was really tough having four Soulstone users and five Soulstones, but you can't have it all, right? Uh, oh, yeah, and I had 12 cups on Bo Peep. Uh, didn't come up at all.
This is Dane, and I'm recording on uh, an insanely windy day here in North Dakota. Uh, North Dakota puts the ND in windy, if you didn't realize that. Uh, Here in the Red River Valley, uh, where Fargo sits, it's one of the windiest places in the continental United States that's not on the top of a mountain. So we are out here today. I'm going to play some semifinal soccer in a tournament. And I figured I'd take a little bit of time to record while we wait for the game to begin. And I will speak about, uh, recap our, our my previous game with Mark. So just to recap, um, the the pool was break the line with in a flank deployment with deathbeds, catch and release, let them bleed, bait and switch, and spread them out. Uh Mark chose Zoraida, uh, went with Zoraida 2. I went with Masaki 2 uh, with a, you know, required Shang. I took Monaco uh, Ray for um, some potentially, basically a uh, kill any of his little scheme runner guys or kind of own a flank and be able to summon some things. Uh, brought a Toto with. Uh, I wanted to try a, a bit of a Toto's additional dropping of shadow markers and um, sort of kill any of his big beat stick models um Jin Bakara I had tried him once in the previous game I had with uh, Masaki too I wanted to give him another shot and use him in a slightly different way and we'll, we'll get into that in a second I brought two Woku Raiders and Yamaziko uh, with the idea of running them as kind of a, a small unit uh, with Yamaziko able to give them positive flips and uh Woku Raiders already on positive flips so to really tear apart any flank and then I can start owning that side with um, with break the line using Yamaziko. So generally I use Yamaziko as to buff up my minions with her uh, great teacher bonus action. And then it's almost like a deterrent with her extended reach. It helps um, prevent charges. But um, I was going to try and use her in this particular instance since she has nimble and can treat walk as a bonus action. Once I had owned one flank and there wasn't any obvious threats there, I could use her to quickly huck up the um, the, the strategy markers while I let the Woku Raiders go and, and run and gun or do whatever they needed to do to, uh, to get back in the action on the other flank. So that was my crew. Uh, I did, I take, I generally are pretty low on upgrades. Um, just, just not really my style, so I didn't take any upgrades this time. And I did end up hiring an, or uh, end up summoning a Katashiro, uh, but otherwise that was kind of the, my set crew. Scheme selection. Uh, I took deathbeds and spread them out. I figured I'm likely to be killing stuff anyway and throwing shadow markers everywhere, so that should be relatively easy for me to achieve. And I took spread them out, again, thinking I'd probably have... Um, some ownership of either some half of the board or um, via shadow marker teleportation, able to move some cats around the board pretty fast to, to get that accomplished. How this game played out is very interesting to me. So uh, Mark already mentioned this, you know, this game only went for two turns, which seems like an incredibly short game, but uh, he and I both agree that it felt like a full game, even though it was two turns. Um, so much happened. Uh, just very, uh, very intense game, start to finish. The, I think where this game took an took an early turn, 
I had not necessarily planned for this. I was going to use gin to let him get, say, he had a ciliary with him. I figured that ciliary would be probably going for um, break the line. I was going to wait for his ciliary to get in position and then use gin to pop out and throw his ciliary back and, and then use gin to start hucking markers. Instead, what ended up happening was um, I went, he, I think he made me go fairly early with Masaki because of Zoraida's ability uh, to force a model to go next. With her, I buried Ototo in a shadow marker, and I it just happened to come up where an opportunity when Bo Peep gained fast because of Masaki 2's ability to drop a scheme marker, or sorry, drop a shadow marker into base contact with an enemy model that gains fast or um, takes an action generated from any non-charge action. That's her spreading influence ability. I was able to drop a shadow marker really far in a Mark's deployment zone close to Zoraida. So when the opportunity, I, I kind of waited, waited, the rest of the turn keeping a Toto, um, keeping his activation down near the bottom. And when the and I, when I saw that that shadow marker was still there um, at the end of the round, I decided to take a quick strike at Zoraida. I launched a Toto, um, bringing him back up through the shadow marker that the Bo Peep had dropped. And this is using the Twisting Paths ability on Masaki and the Wrapped in Darkness trigger that lets her lets that model unbury into base contact with any friendly shadow marker. So now I had a turn one, had a Toto right up in Zoraida's face, and she does not have any threat range. She has no melee action um, with any range. So he was able to get right up in there and kind of pin her down, take a few shots on her. And since I was already sort of had turned this into an alpha strike, I brought Jin out um, onto his Will-O-Wisp. And Zoraida was in a, as Mark had mentioned, she was in a, deployment zone that that quarter of the board was a we were calling like a field so the whole thing was concealing so i was able to drop Jin back there who doesn't care one lick about concealment and actually gets bonuses from it and start just shooting um ink tip darts at her dropping more shadow markers which to some extent actually worked out towards <laughs> mark's advantage because the rider can eat up all those markers for card draw uh, but just a totally different way to play Jin than I'd previously done. I was before using him primarily to uh, to harass um, his hand in the, in the previous game we played using the enemy intel action. But trying to get a willpower duel off on Zoraida uh, is just a, a losing effort. So I figured I'd go straight for damage and um, work pretty decently. The, the, I think I had Zoraida down to maybe something like half health. Uh, at the end of turn one, he had bad juju uh, ready to kind of come up into the center or over to the to my right flank, but he had to pull her back in order to protect Zoraida, which I think was definitely the right call. Um, Zoraida's got this interesting ability to be able to shunt off attacks onto her allies, the protected uh, swamping ability. Uh, which were great, kept her alive, and frankly, you don't really care if Bad Juju takes some hits because this thing's got, you know, regeneration and uh, just a nasty, nasty customer. 
So I think that was one big swing uh, in the game was being able to sort of halt and um, kind of hold up his force there because that pulled in Bad Juju and Zoraida and uh, Will-O-Wisp. The other big swing was was um, Mark lost Groot Slaying early, early round two. Um, he had really pushed him up hard. He's, he's very aggressive. Mark is very aggressive with Groot Slaying. Um, so we essentially ended up alpha striking each other. But um, between uh, between the summoned Katashiro and Monaco um, and uh, and Masaki, I was able to make pretty short work of of Groot Slang, and that really, um, I think that really put a dent in Mark's plan because now that he, then he had to bring in first mate behind Groot Slang, but he'd, I think he black joker the leap turn one. So he was, he was behind. I think it would have been a different story had that leap gone off because then I'd have to deal with two of these guys at the same time as it was. I had target priority on Groot Slang and, and first mate came in a little bit behind. And so I was able to capitalize on that. What was really interesting about this game was, and this is the type of game I love is when the game, when the, when the combat zones are spread out, the engagement is spread out throughout the entire board. So we had essentially three zones of engagement. We had, um, Mark's deployment zone, left flank, and then right flank were all, were all, um, intense action, which is great. So that's what I'm saying. I think it, despite it being a, a, a two turn game, it, it really, it really felt like a full game. Um, Zoraida 2 is, I mean, just insanely fast. Mark was able to shove these guys up into my face um, really, really quickly. So that's something to consider when you're playing Zoraida 2. You don't necessarily expect that kind of speed um, out of Zoraida, but no, it was was pretty intense. I was actually, I took Masaki uh, with the intent that he was probably playing Zoraida 1 because I thought I'd be able to capitalize these shadow markers on her obeys. But uh, I was able to, so I wasn't able to use that much, but I was able to get it off on fast. And of course, my shadow marker generation from, from uh, Shang and company and um, all the ink tip darts I was throwing around. Uh, nice thing I figured out with Masaki too. With her hidden allegiances ability to target an enemy within three inches of a shadow marker, ignoring line of sight and range and then push the target and drop a ski marker into base contact, that makes scoring deathbeds incredibly easy. You're already throwing out shadow markers. You can just move an enemy around, drop your own ski marker, and they're already they're sitting right in position to be uh, for deathbeds. And so I, I actually used that ability on Groot Slang to, to put him in position for that final kill. Uh, worked out great. Woku Raiders, I, re- I really like these models. Um, I think I like them actually a little bit more in 10 thunders um you know in the bandit keyword they're they're great but he doesn't parker doesn't necessarily hurt for positive flips um whereas having these extra positive flips for um for the last blossom keyword is fantastic and you pair that with yamaziko and i i basically would i turn my whole deck each round just with all these all these positive flips plus throwing fast on them um, that's another opportunity for me to generate shadow markers with Masaki too. Uh, they just really, uh, they just really whip. Um, 
I mean, nothing really to, nothing really negative to say here uh, about Woke Raiders. Really, really like that model. Yeah, I think I could wrap this up here. Um, basically, the game ended turn two, uh, essentially as as a concession. Um, you know, Bo Peep was basically dead. Groot Sang was dead. Sillerud's dead. Bad Juju half health. Zoraida half health on his team. So it was it was kind of skewing that way. If you just took the score at the end of turn two, it actually would have been two one mark. Um, but if if you just looked at the looked at how things were going, it was very likely that I was going to um, out outpace him, and he was unlikely to score many more points. So uh, we call it a concession. Takeaways from this: Bo Peep. Um, I don't think I've seen her on the table yet. That might've been the first time Mark played her. Really cool. Uh, really cool model. Reckless is always, is always very fun and useful. It's nice to be able to be fast. Um, she's able to, you know, push models around and do some pretty crazy stuff. Very, very speedy. Uh, got up in my face. Defenses, not so good. Defense five, willpower four. Um, I mean, obviously, the, you know, defense five is as average, but she was in a in a sector of the board, uh, my right flank, and then sort of towards the center, where she was running into my Woku Raiders with the Muko positive flips, and so it wasn't very hard to overcome that that five. Um, but no, I think interesting model, interesting sculpt. He put twelve cups of coffee on her. I think with the idea that she'd get up in my face. And uh, you know, knock out my bonus a- bonus actions, but it, I don't think that really came up all that much. Um, one more bit of commentary here: Will, uh, Willow Wisp. These things are su- like surprisingly very good, especially combined with Zoraida. These things can put stunned and distracted on you. Essentially, I had I had thrown a Toto in there to, to take on um, Zoraida, but Mark very smartly was able to again th- shunt off some of those hits onto his other. Uh, onto bad juju and also he brought will-o-wisp in to stun and distract him and slow a toto and and then on top of that zoraida makes it so that i couldn't get the stun off of him it just would be an endless stun and so essentially he just was down to one single you know action per turn on that second turn i'd actually used a toto's single swing to swing at zoraida but in hindsight probably would have been smarter to take that swing at the will-o'-wisp because the more Ototo got worn down if he would have been killed that will-o'-wisp would have become an adzi which would have been um quite the uh quite the swing in momentum so yeah keep in mind some of these low what are these are seemingly low priority targets might be your your best priority target in some instances um will-o'-wisp isn't up front a particularly like dangerous looking thing but the the, the nasty debuffs they can put on you are horrendous um and really just neuter uh, what would always be a very powerful model all right game starting uh wish us luck and uh, we'll see you next time thanks everybody